On your mark, get set, let's go. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Mister, will you please wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up? Good morning! Kevin Durant, you should have never left California. This bronze sexual upset me in oh, having man. to bring this teenage idiot from Wisconsin into a sports conversation. Are you really surprised that the Cowboys are giving up on Ezekiel Elliott? Whoa. No. Well, no one cares about baseball. Bitch, are you for real? It's time to get this bad boy going. We're approaching the end of the week, and it's time to roll. Good morning. Welcome to the Trip Down Thursday edition of Snowman in the Morning. Glad to have you all with us. I'm coming to you live from Edinburgh, Indiana. Of course, I got my morning brew with me. I'll tell you that in a moment. And ladies and gentlemen, the man in charge of Colts. Oh. With a Z. The man, no myth, legend building, Cole Johnson. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Well, that's what I wanted to hear. I love it. Oh, perfect. Yes, I'm doing great. How are you, man? I have no complaints. Oh, good. I have no complaints whatsoever. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a great, great morning. Uh, my wife dropped me off this morning and said, go kick ass. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's That's how it's supposed to be, and that's how it's going to be. Period. <laughs> that's the last, last word I can come up with. Mm-hmm. So, um, about people saying the Warriors are finished. (laughs) I've said it before. Oh, I'm so sorry. It slipped again. What'd I say? What'd I say? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just joking. Go ahead. I know. Again. What'd I say? What'd I say? <laughs> oh, I know what I said. Yeah, you people said the Warriors are finished. Mm-hmm. Well, after a big win last night in Dallas, I say unto them, to be the champs, you must unseat Woo! the champs. Woo! Custom made from head to toe. That's that's Golden State. But I know what I love seeing, the Sacramento Kings. One of these years, it's going to be a Northern California collision for the Western Conference title. One of these years, because the, the Kings are here to stay. Owned 
operated and manipulated by the nature boy, Cole Flair. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's get down to business. Let's do our whip around, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Right, Round this morning is presented by Fanatics. Mm-hmm. Officially licensed everything. All right, what you got for us, partner? All right, uh, let's have a little fun, shall we, with the uh, Carolina Panthers. So the new coach of the team, Frank Reich, he has probably some some outlook as to where the Panthers are leaning with that number one overall pick. So. Of course, now they are on the clock, and of uh, course, as of, as of five weeks from today, they will have that choice. Now, of course, they're trying to be coy as to where they're going to land and where they're going to lean. But they can't but, get by us. Right. But uh, they pretty much are sort of focusing on mm, a few players. Of course, obviously, C.C.H. Stroud, the quarterback from Iowa State. Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, and possibly another, Will Levis of Kentucky. So they're probably thinking along those lines. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm thinking that that, that David Tepper is twisting the arm. Of, uh, I mean, um, uh, Frank Reich is saying to David Tepper, "We need to have a new signal caller for the future." How much you want to bet that's a lot of arm twisting, uh, convincing? Oh gosh, yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see where they Come are. Come on, going is, to go it that, is it that is it that obvious or is it just me? Is it, it that obvious me. or is it just me that David Te- Tepper is handcuffing Frank Reich? Yeah, I mean he doesn't have a choice in this. They got the number one overall. Of course, Tepper wants to make a big splash, and I'll, and, and I'll tell you exactly who's going to be one of the two quarterbacks we mentioned in. Yonkers. And I'll tell you exactly who they. I'll tell you exactly who they're going to choose. C. Jay Stroud. That's what my gut's leaning. I'm thinking that's my, where they're going. My to gut's leaning that they're going to take C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Uh, and you said that well, the perfect, you said the perfect um, phrase, splash, big splash. Yes. yes. What bigger splash than the fellow who played for the national championship? Now they could really mess this up and choose Anthony Richardson, but I digress. I uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. So. I, when I saw that as a as a uh, as a um, a possible name, I'm like, nah, he's not gonna be. They, like I said, like I said, partner, they could really screw this up and choose Anthony Richardson. But I, I'd like to think that the Panthers have a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. But then again, these are the same Panthers that relied on Cam Newton for 11 years when he was done after five years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean the same Cam Newton that went through his second pro day in his career? That same. Lord the goodness same. Goodness gracious. Let me stop there. You did, you would... go, go ahead, sir. You would think they'd learn by now. Yeah, you would think. Think, I being, would not... the, think being the operative void. And I would not be surprised if they actually take out feelers for him yet again. Austin that... Eckler. Now, he's been one of the most productive, I can't say the best, but one of the most productive running backs in the NFL in recent memory. 
But uh, the Chargers stand out. Basically, he is in limbo because he finds himself in a contract dispute. Now, he turns 28 in two months. And he's on a contract for this coming season at about $6 million. Now, he wants a long-term deal, but the Chargers aren't really feeling that yet. So, he's received permission from the Chargers to seek a trade. F you, Spanos. So, Eckler went on to say the following, and I'm glad you went there because that's exactly what I want to go to. Quote, <clears throat> I'm so underpaid right now as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. It's like I'm relentlessly pursuing this. <laughs> yes, you are, sir. Close quote. Now, Eckler did say this on the Green Light with Chris Long podcast uh, this past Monday. You went exactly where I was going to go. Uh, Austin, sir, I hate to say this to you, but uh, you right now work for an owner who is absolutely positively cheap. And And clueless. I can go in about Brandon Staley, but uh, I won't in this case. That that tells the story of the Los Angeles Chargers, and that's the only time I'll say it properly right there. That yeah. tells the story. Yeah, I mean, this this guy has been a big part of the offense. Now, I think he should be a bigger part of the offense, but he's been a big part of the offense, and yet the charges are so dismissive for him and about him. And it's also this also tells you how owners regard the running back position. It's, it's it, I mean, it's they just think it's expendable. It's like, okay, mm, let me see, your clock is up. Oh, you... You you blown the candles to your twenty seventh birthday? Okay, yeah, yeah. You you're rendered useless, and 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 they discard them. Now you F remember you, Spanos. Now you remember you should have kept the team in San Diego. Diego. Now you remember the days where we used to see running backs when they get to twenty seven, twenty eight. That the age that Eckler is now, uh, where that pretty much their prime, and they were producing. They, they were producing at a rate where you're like, dog gone. Natron means Natron means anyone. You want to talk Charger history of running backs? Tim Spencer, Natron means Chuck Muncie. Uh, was, there was, was another. Was there was another on the one. Opposite side of his prime when the Chargers had him. Yeah. Uh, there's the another one. Oh yeah. Anybody remember the name Marion Butts? Yeah. And then of course, you have to me the most productive running back the Chargers ever had in Odanian Tomlinson. So you would think that they would understand the value of a running back, but <laughs> with how they're dealing with Eckler, the answer is quite obvious. They don't, and that's ridiculous. Austin, seek your money elsewhere, bro, and get out of that sinking ship that is in Inglewood where they rent to the Rams. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, well, I won't say secret shit, but speaking of the NFL, Roger Goodell, it looks like the ink is about to dry on his contract extension as the owners are happy that he's bringing in a whole lot of money for them. I mean, he gets to continue to be the sheriff of the NFL. Now, oh, so you mean they're happy he's bringing in a whole lot of money for, money for him, right? Yes. Making, all well, the owners bi- making all the owners billionaires? Exactly. So they're, they're happy that they're happy that uh, Mr. Cadell, he brings he brings a team he brings each team a surplus. 
not they earn. He brings teams a surplus of about $300 million each year. So you know that the owners are happy. They're fat cats. They're living even richer off of this sport where you would think that it would be hard to make money. Well, these owners are making money hand over fist. So, yes, the 31 owners and the managing partner of the Packers are happy. Imagine if you and I owned a team together. (laughs) And, yes, there is a a two-and-a-half-foot wicked smile on my face when I present that. But we're going to be part of a media conglomerate that's going to snatch the NFL rights. Er, Did I say that aloud? Now, uh, Goodell, yeah, you say that all night. I like the sound of that because you know you you know you're going in the right direction because that is where the money is in sports today. Uh, Goodell, he has been commissioned since 2006, and contract extensions this is not new to him. He had one in 2009, had one in 2012, he had one in 2017. So this is his fourth one, and uh, considering that he is now going into his mm, let's see. 18th year being the commissioner it looks like the uh financial success of the of the league bodes well for him and who knows this dude could make anywhere from between 45 and 70 million dollars a year <laughs> like i said <clears throat> wait till we pull our conglomerate together and <clears throat> snatch the rights of the four major leagues oh yeah that's gonna be great And we're going to do it right under their noses. So I'm putting this out there, and I dare anyone to challenge us. We're going to be snatching some broadcast rights within the next five years through Cole Sports and Snowman Multimedia. We're going to snatch, and I'm doing this evilly. We're going to snatch some broadcast rights, and we're going to live like fat cats. Putting yeah. to rest. No, we're not going to put the notion to rest that brothers can't work together because someone is always going to say that, and it's always going to be someone of our persuasion. Oh, did I say that aloud? I don't really give a crap. I know. I'm just throwing the carrot out there. Oh, I know. Oh no. I, I'm, I'm just no. No. I, no I'm I just. Care, I, I care about the carrot. <laughs> I, I'm just dangling. I'm just dangling the carrot out there like I doing. Like like I do with the with the toy in front of my little kitten Winnie. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Oh well, well, congratulations, Roger. You might actually turn. You actually might make a hundred million one of these days before you actually hang it up for good. So uh, you're doing you're doing fine because you're making mm-hmm. the owners very rich. And shout out to our man Kevin Harlan, who he. Uh, he was on the call for the Furman upset of Virginia, but he felt embarrassed because a moment of his went viral quickly. Uh, the broadcast booth, of course, uh, also went viral along with it. Now, he said that he felt very uncomfortable with the footage that was shared. Now, the C- now CBS released a behind-the-scenes look at uh, Harlan, at Dan Bonner, and Sam Van Gundy when Furman beat Virginia with two point seconds left to go in the game for them to advance the second round of South region. Now Harlan explained as he always does when he gets excitable about anything that he sees. Uh, let's see if I get the quote correct. Here we go. He said, um, uh, quote, did we just see what we think we just saw? 
close quote. That kind of wow. sounded like his. That kind of sounded like his call when he called the Philly special for Westwood One. Right. Now he went on sports media, the uh, the podcast that Richard Dietz hosts, and uh, on Wednesday he said he begged CBS to not share the video, but uh, CBS was like, <laughs> "More attention, more coin, we sharing it." <laughs> so he said he felt kind of embarrassed, but. He is uncomfortable with the uh, the footage that they shared. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Well, one, Kevin Harlan's a legend. Right. Two, I can't blame him because I've had moments like that. Mm-hmm. And three, damn you, CBS, for not for for um, not honoring his request. If you can honor the request of Greg Gumbel, who is stepping down from NFL coverage. Mm-hmm. And Jim Nance, who is stepping away from the NCAAs after this year, why couldn't you honor this simple request from Kevin Harlan? <clears throat> Beg your pardon. And, and am I like wrong? Kevin, uh, uh, no, no, you're not wrong at all. And, am I wrong no, in that? I, am I wrong in that assessment? This is coming from a play-by-play man of 27 years. No. Now Kevin's been at this a lot longer than I, and he's reached mm-hmm. loftier heights than I. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a brotherhood. Yeah. It's a brotherhood and it's a sisterhood. Yeah. We don't want to be, we don't want to have um, uh, embarrassing video leaked because yeah. who's to say that someone won't get a hold of it in this social media wanting to be viral age? Who's to say that someone won't get a hold of it and run the other way with it? Right. Now, I'm glad, well, obviously. You know, Harlan's one of the most professional play-by-play callers in Man. the history of the medium. So, love, love Kevin Harlan. Yeah, love so, Kevin Harlan. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's to me, it's not, I don't think it's much of an, it's not much of a problem. However, I'm yeah. in, in agreement with you. If if a, a voice that experienced and that and that trusted that has been on air that long. Right. Any sort of. <clears throat> Any sort of reticence or what you want to do, and he says, eh, "I don't really feel good. Could you take that down, please?" You should honor it. I believe. I so, I believe you should honor it too, because I've had people uh, make requests of me. You know, don't put this show up. Don't put that show up. I don't like it. I want you to edit it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't that be honored? Right. Why can't that be honored? We'll stay on that while we wait for deets. This is the whip around presented by Fanatics. Now, I've had a moment of my own, a viral moment of my own, um, 11 years ago uh, this month. Um, Here's a a story. I was covering the basketball tournament for Illinois, IHSA. I was living in Chicago, and I was supposed to cover Marist High High School as they went for a regional championship. It's the reverse... um, in Illinois as it is in Indiana mm-hmm. as they went for the regional championship, which would be the first round championship. And they were playing the number six team, not just in the city, but in the state of Illinois in the Curie Condors. Mm-hmm. Well, that was where the first Marist miracle was born. And the Marist was a complete underdog. And Lexus Hot Rod Williams, one of my favorite players on that team, hit a three. And I went completely berserk. And I'm not denying it anymore. I went completely berserk. 
I didn't expect to get a message from a friend of mine that Sunday night that was in an article <clears throat> in an article on uh, awfulannouncing.com highlighting my call. Now, my spider senses went off and I said, okay, this could go one of two ways. I don't know which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was informed that that call was headed to ESPN and I'm going, oh, no. The kids are going to see this and they're going to explode. They saw it. They heard it. And they did explode. And I've had I had uh, four I had four interviews, including one with um, uh, WSCR Chicago. <clears throat> and they asked, "Do you have another one left in you?" I said, "The action's kind of dictated." Uh, Simeon played Whitney Young that Tuesday at uh, Argo High School, and for those of you in Illinois, you know where Argo is. It's right off Sixty Third. Uh, going west. That wasn't that wasn't the game of the week. The game of the week was the one I had the next night when Maris played the number four team in the state in the Bogan Bengals. Yeah, it happened again when Maris erased a fifteen point deficit in two and a half minutes. That became the second of the Marist miracles. Now I didn't know where this call was going to go. I had no idea where this call was going to go. Well, everybody was picking it up and running with it. I did an interview with uh, Dory Monson out in Seattle, um, like one, two, three, four, five, six other stations, including including WFAN, who at the time had the show um, uh, Boomer and Carton. Then I get an email from the producer of the Dan Patrick show. And it was later that Patrick was making fun of me. I didn't like that. Sorry about that, folks. I didn't. But then I started thinking about it at the time. He's just going off of what I did. Yeah. Then his producer got a hold of me. You need to send me a headshot, a quick bio, and you're going to connect with us in 20 minutes. What? So, yeah. That was uh, part of my moment of fame. So I completely understand where Kevin Harlan's coming from. Completely get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, to, to me, I think I, I think what most people don't really grasp when it comes to just any sort of media. I mean, it, it could be news anchor. It could be a reporter. It could be analyst. It could be color guy. It could be play-by-play guy. It could be studio analyst. There is this level of professionalism that you want to uphold at all times. And when you have those moments where, yeah, the video sports is that I've always said it is the ultimate reality TV show, and you can try to create that reality anywhere else. It just doesn't do it the way sports ever will. And when you get caught up in the moment, you know, sometimes you will probably either say things or do things or act in a way that is not necessarily professional. And Been there. Yeah. And and, and when Been that there. happens, yeah, and, and when it happens, you kick yourself because it's like, oh, God, it. I know that I, I know that I, I am supposed to be excitable and I'm supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, like you said, the play dicks 
the play dictates the level of excitement that I have in the call. Yeah. The play and, and that's yeah. What I've said for years when I after I started in 1995, the play dictates the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so but sometimes when because I know this now, I mean sometimes when you say something, and it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really connect with your ears. It's like oh right. man, I wish I said that in in this manner, or right. I wish I didn't right. say this, or I wish I didn't say it this way. And that moment is like, oh, yeah, this is going to make it circles around the world. Yeah, yep. I can see how that's embarrassing. I, 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 when I was covering Lewisburg College two years ago, uh, back in North Carolina, I said something out loud that actually wound up happening. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, em- it wasn't embarrassing per se, mm-hmm. but you know how much I love covering the kids. Well, yeah. I had a home run call, which tied the game. It was the first game of doubleheader. The first doubleheader I had at Lewisburg. Noah Madison, a.k.a. the Mad Dog, with the, the Canes down 7-4 to four in the bottom of the seventh inning. It was the first game of a doubleheader. I said Noah Madison was long overdue. First pitch. And it wasn't coming back. Well, that's when I became Robert Ford. And I said, Centerfield going back, looking up, see you later. Yeah, not only did the kids get a hold of that call, when I clipped it and put it on, when I clipped it and put it out there on the internet, not only did the kids get a hold of that call, but the parents got a hold of it. Stuff like that is stuff like that is fun. You know, when when you would think something would not stick around, i.e. brown sexual confessions, i.e. the trace list, and thank you all in the chat for that. You use it as a throwaway and you're like, that's not gonna stick around because you told you told the story often, you told me. There's no way that bronze sexual confessions would last, will last longer than, and what, what'd you say? I'd give it a year. I remember you saying that. You said, I'd give it a year. Yeah, three years later and counting. You're muted. Thank you. It's like the material just never stops. It doesn't. And I bring up that and tie it into um, announcer moments with uh, Kevin Harlan and Jim Nance, of course, uh, the late, great Jim Durham, and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would think something wouldn't stick. A moment wouldn't stick or a segment wouldn't stick. And I, again, bring up uh, broad sexual confessions. You told me, and I remember you telling me, it's only going to last, I give it a year. Those are your exact words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrong. Ooh, was I wrong? Wrong. Ooh, was I ever wrong? And it don't, st- 
It don't stop because it can't stop. Yeah. Long after, oh, you know who retires, it don't stop because it can't stop. <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, good Lord. We're going to be hearing this because, well into our 60s and 70s now. Dude, we're going to be doing this show live on location, and someone's going to say something completely dumb referring to you-know-who. It's Thursday. I can't cuss. Mm-hmm. Referring to you-know-who. And it's just it's just going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. I'll say this right now. We're going to be on Radio Row in Las Vegas, Nevada for Super Bowl 58. Our wives are going to be chilling. You know, wandering around, wandering around Vegas or driving around Vegas because, yeah, I'm saying this now nine months in advance of the new year, and people think I'm crazy for saying this, but I always have the thought of dream big, do bigger. Wives are going to have – they're going to drop us off at the convention center or wherever they hold Radio Row. We're going to be taking care of business. They're going to be driving around uh, shopping and talking and getting to know each other because I got the feeling when Michelle and Jody get together, it's going to be a laugh fest. It probably will be. <laughs> and that's just what we're going to do. We're going to have a lot of embarrassing moments. We're going to have a lot of viral moments. You know, Kevin Harlan's been Kevin Harlan's been through it. Jim Nance has been through it. And I mentioned those two names because we're in the midst of the tournament. Right. And beginning in 2024, we're going to be in the midst of the tournament. All of it. I'm putting up articles now, you know, just doing a quick one-minute recap. You know, and the only other company to do it that way is Stadium, and I love them. I love how Stadium does their work, so I figure, hey, borrow it as a blueprint. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, Victor Locke says, but emotion is what pulls the audience in because if you didn't care about the game, why should we? That moment is one of the proudest for me because my buddy was on ESPN. Well, thank you, Victor. Oh, there's no argument there. I agree with you, Vic. There's no arguing there. No, well, no question about that. Here's what I'll do. Tomorrow, I will not only explain the Marist Miracles, but I will play them. Them? Oh, okay. There were two. There were two of them. One I, happened I on a. Hearing, I remember hearing one of them. I don't remember yep, hearing the second. Yep. One before. happened on a Friday night. The other happened on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And the theme became, after the Wednesday night miracle against Bogan. Then they played the number one team in the state, the Simeon Wolverines. Mm-hmm. And the question I kept asking, and my broadcast partner called me and said, "What's our theme for Friday?" Can Cinderella do it a third time? Mm. Yeah, that got to all the kids. Mm. That that got to all the, the Red Hawk rowdies. Mm-hmm. Can Cinderella do it a third time? And then Simeon came in like a well-oiled machine and, and Chris, beat up Marist. Yeah, but saying Chris Bass fashion said, nope. <laughs> No, no third miracle, but that was the most fun. That was part of the most fun year that I had in a long time. And hopefully when we move and get settled 
and I find a couple of schools out west, I'll experience the same thing. We got deets on the way, and we're going to get totally deets, but we're going to step away for a break. We're going to pay some bills. We apologize for the late start. I'm going to finish my breakfast. We're going to pay some bills, and then we are going to get totally deets. From the Tennessee Whiskey Studios as well as Edinburgh, Indiana, this is Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson. We're back in a flash. This is Snowman in the Morning. There's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Doc, and HRAP B as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where HRAP B always predicts. If I owe you something, I ain't got it. And if you need it, get it from God. Live every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high-potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus. Smarter than energy. Are you waking up in the morning with a sore jaw, headaches, maybe even ringing in your ears, all because you're grinding and clenching your teeth at night? That's exactly what was going on with me. That's when I found this, the Brux Night Guard. Now, the Brux Night Guard redirects the bite force away from the back teeth, reducing jaw pain while still protecting the teeth. This unique design is what makes Brux Night Guard different from all other traditional grind guards. Go to BruxNightGuard.com and order yours today. SeatGeek is the ticketing app for fans like the High Five Strangers Guy. Game-winning interception. First down. Just a nice, solid tackle. If you're in arm's length, you will be swapping skin with this extrovert. You see, he knows SeatGeek got him a great deal on tickets, so he can focus on what he does best, smacking palms. SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. Here's an important message from the Diabetes Solution Center. Do you like pricking your fingers to test your blood sugar levels? No one does, but it's important to maintain your health. And now, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you don't need to prick your fingers anymore. It's easy to use and helps you make more accurate diabetes treatment decisions. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now. And if you have Medicare or most major insurance coverage, you may be able to get a new CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. 
Shipping is free and we'll even bill your insurance company for you. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now to learn how to end the painful finger sticks and get your own continuous glucose monitor or CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. To me, selective outrage was funny. A lot of yeah. people found it offensive. A Same. lot again I heard. Again, a lot of people say he shouldn't have called Jada a b- so many times. Okay. Okay. What but else should he be called her? Right. Let, like, okay. Seriously, what, what else should he be called? Yeah. Like, let's let's yeah let's let's, let's, let's be honest, man. She 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 did some. B- <laughs> so when you do, b- <laughs> you get called a. B- <laughs> Point blank. I wasn't trying to call her out like just to say she's a. No, she did some. Do you think that Chris Rock was well within his right to basically call Jada out of her name as often as he did? Yes, because when you do some, use a. Yes, yes, yes. You want to hear what we said about Chris Rock, Will Smith, and Jada Pinkett Smith? Tune in to Mentality. You can catch it on Mondays on the Comey Media Incorporated, the We Rise TV YouTube channels, and you can catch replay on TV Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, on the BS3 Network via Roku TV. Back at it. Snowman in the morning with Cole Johnson, my partner, and probably is dealing with some uh, technical difficulties. He will join us momentarily. With him, I am Cole Johnson. And uh, it is now time, as we do every Thursday at the bottom of the first hour, it's time to get totally deets. Passionate. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Unflinching. Let's go back to losing. Parking was easier. Unrelenting. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Totally. This one has a chance. Deets. That's not just a murmur, that's a full-blown fibrillation. And it is time to welcome once again the man who is in charge of the Fit Down Sports Show, the man who wields the thorax the one the only chris deets how are you doing man hey cole how you doing it's uh it's been a long week i'll tell you mm. okay well what's on your mind well uh, we, today you know you know well it, it's it's been it, today we have the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> to get through um but we'll start off on you know we'll start we'll start off on on a cheery good note um you know Yukon is still going still striving still still going in the NCAA tournament so much, much pride to Yukon mm-hmm. um but um you know for a lot of people will We'll, we'll we'll start with we'll start with the goods the 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 good thing that's going on 
in our lives. And for that, I have to ask you a question. Do you know who Jenna Ortega is? I have an idea who she is. Okay. I know people are going to come on. You know, I, I've come on the last, what, month and just given you guys just crappy TV to watch. But Jenna Ortega is, look, you're, you're talking to someone who grew up on, grew up on Christina Ricci as being the greatest thing to ever grace television as Wednesday Adams. I love everything Christina Ricci, okay? And nothing is more, nothing signifies her better than Wednesday Adams. Jenna Ortega took over that mantle for the Netflix series Wednesday. And I have to tell you, it is every bit fantastic as the 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 movies in the 90s. Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values. Wednesday is a fantastic show. So, Jenna who played Wednesday, was on a podcast earlier this week mm-hmm. where she declared that... Um, let me think of how to do this here. Uh, Cole, you can, you can open it with a quote. Okay. So she said, quote... I had to be unprofessional... To make sure that the character of Wednesday Adams was protected by the screenwriters. I, I mean, th- th- think just think about that for a second. She had to do it. Is it just me or does it th- does it just keep closing quotes? It's just it, 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 you're fine. Oh, okay. Um, okay. No, she said she had to change the dialogue the way it was written because when she looked at it, Wednesday Wednesday Adams would not act like that. Would not say the things that were in the script, and she had to ad lib them, and she had to, as she said, it act unprofessionally. To make sure that the character she was playing was kept under, it was kept in the mold of the way she viewed the character. Meaning, she had more integrity for the character than the people writing the damn show. That is fantastic to me. This this girl is 17, 18 years old. And she had more integrity than the adults in the room that wanted her to act a certain way, that wanted her to act a way that was not not the way Wednesday would act in a scene. And she had to change it on the fly. That is free that that is so amazing for someone to do it. And and that's the good. That that's the good thing. That there are still people that will do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now we get to the bad. And the bad is, A, that 
A, she had to do this because the people writing the show have no integrity to the character. But B, people like the Hollywood Reporter and the New York Post Hollywood, uh, it's the Hollywood Reporter for, for the New York Post said in a headline, this should kill Ortega's career. This makes her career. It makes her. She is she is what made the number one show on Netflix. She made it. Not the writers. She her portrayal is what made it. But no, because she spoke out and because she said these people don't respect the lore. They don't respect the character. Because it's they're not even arguing of what they're not even arguing what she said. They're mad at her because she said it. Because she said it out loud. Because now instead of saying, instead of the writer saying, look, we wrote the number one show on Netflix. Now everybody's going to go back and say, you didn't write the number one show. She made it the number one show because she respected the character more than you did. That's what they got mad at. They got mad that she exposed that they wanted the character to be they wanted the character to be more modern. This is what we've been saying. This is what I've been saying with bringing up all the stuff that I've brought up for the last few weeks since the Super Bowl. This is what I've been trying to tell y'all. These people are trying to they're trying to destroy the culture from inside. They fi- they figured out that they can't do it from the outside. So they're trying to do it from the inside. And you have people like Jenna Ortega and Henry Cavill who are out there saying, no, I'm not putting up with you destroying something I'm working on. Henry Cavill is the perfect example with The Witcher where he just, where he was so fed up with the show that he would yell and scream at, at the people. And this is not how it's done. And he would change it. And he was labeled toxic. And he was he because he was a gamer, he was toxic. He's he wasn't the toxic one. The toxic ones were the people trying to change the lore, trying to change the character. And Henry Cavill wouldn't put up with it. So what'd they do? They put out Witcher Blood Origin, which is one of the worst shows ever made, and it was garbage. It was panned by everybody. Henry Cavill won. Jenna Ortega is going to win as well. These, I don't care that she's 17, 18 years old or whatever, however old she is. She is going to win if she keeps this up. And we're going to make sure that she wins because people like this need to exist. People that will stand up for their principles and not give in to the mob. And it was great to see. It's what I've been doing with my company for 20 odd years. Chris Dietz joins us as he does every well, Thursday. Yeah. I missed the subject du jour, Dietz. Oh, the uh, the subject du jour it's was so Jenna Jenna Ortega, who is Ortega. the lead character in in the new Wednesday Adams series. Which what? Which again, Wednesday Adams? It, it is. It, I know. I usually come on here and tell you, oh, you know, stay away from this. I'm telling you right now, 
as a fan of, and, and not to mention Christina Ricci is in the show as a teacher, which is awesome. But Wednesday at Wednesday, the series on Netflix is fantastic. Um, if you have, ah. if you have, I will say this, if you have a weak stomach, fast forward through the first five minutes. But if not, if you're a sick person like me and just enjoy watching people <laughs> do crazy stuff, um, if you can get through the first five minutes of the show, you can get through the rest. The rest of the show is fantastic. It was amazing. Season one was, it broke records at Netflix. It is fantastic. Nice. And it was fantastic because Jenna Ortega, to recap for Snowman, Jenna Ortega came out on a podcast earlier this week and said she had to fight with the showrunners and the writers to make sure that Wednesday Adams was portrayed the correct way. She had she had to change lines on the fly, change the way she was supposed to act because when she read the script, she said Wednesday wouldn't do this. Wednesday my character would not act like this. And the writer said, no, this is how we wrote it. And she would say, no, I'm doing it this way. And she would just do it. And one of the most viral clips is her dancing at, at one of the dances for her thing. She totally ad-libbed the whole thing. And it's the most watched clip of the show. And nice. like I said, it's not that Jenna changed things. They don't. They don't care that she changed it. They care that she exposed them. She the, she exposed these writers and these people that they wanted to desecrate the character. They wanted to have it in a modern way, and she said no. And that's 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 the greatest. That's the great thing. The bad thing is people in the Hollywood Reporter saying this should kill her career. That's what they believe. That that's what's going on. In, in Hollywood right now is if you don't accept the garbage we're putting out, no, you, you, you can't be a part of it. And that's, and a lot of people are getting, hurt. and a lot of people are getting eviscerated with the roles for it. They're getting, they're, they're getting eviscerated for it and, and it's not fair and it's not right. Absolutely. It's not fair and it's not right. But again, the good thing is people like Jenna Ortega exist. People like yes. Henry Cavill exist who are so dedicated to the roles that they're playing that they will not put up with it. They, when they see this garbage, they're going to change it on the fly. And whether you like it or not, they're going to make sure the character is, is represented. And that's what we, we need more. We need more of them. The Hollywood Reporter should not be trying to cancel her. They should be yeah. ex- they should be they should be holding her up on a pedestal and saying, "This is what we need from actors. This yes. is what we need from you, Hollywood people." Is respect, yeah. respect yeah. the character, respect the fan base, and everything. They've already ruined, you know, with uh, what you came out here and exposed already. They've already ruined other shows. They've already they, ruined other ca- other other characters. They've they've ru- they've ruined they've ruined many things and yes as a as a teaser for next week because I know it's opening day 
Uh-huh. We are going. I am going. I am going to tell you about Major League Baseball and how they are dangerously close, dangerously close to a dying entity. And that dying entity, I'll uh, at the at the end, I'll give you I'll give you a little rhyme and riddle. And if you can figure out if you can figure out the answer to to what I say, you'll know the IP I'm talking about. And but we'll do that at the end because we have uh, we talked about the good, the bad, and now that Snowman's here, we have to talk about the ugly. But my ex is long gone. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I, I, Come I on, that joker's right there. He said the know. ugly, not the hideous. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I thought don't they were the same. Cole, for you, I, don't know I thought it was the same thing. I don't thing. know your ex, but I'll tell you this right now. You don't want to. No one. No one. You, you no don't want to. No one is as ugly as what I saw on Saturday night. No one. No one is that, oh dear. No one is that ugly. Oh, dear. What happened? Not, and so Saturday, I went. Saturday, I went out and we're watching the NCAA tournament, and obviously it's on CBS. So uh-huh. watching yep. the, we're watching the NCAA tournament, and the tournament ends, and on comes the news program. Forty-eight hours. Oh boy! Yeah, you. T- yeah, you got to talk about this. And if anybody watched that program. I, I, if you didn't watch that program, I would say it is 45 minutes of some of the greatest television you will ever see. Really? The problem is uh-huh. the program was an hour long. Ouch. The final 10 minutes will make you want to pull your – look, I have, an, I have enough hair. It, it, I, I, was, I was pulling my hair out. Now – Look, I have to tell you how I'm watching this. So I'm at the bar watch. I'm at the bar watching this because there was a there was a little celebration for the bar across the street from me. So I'm at I'm at the bar watching this, and we got subtitles, and I was enthralled with this story. I I, I was not leaving. I, I would I would not leave for anything. They had a band going on, and I was not even paying attention to the band. Oh wow! I was watching this show, and yeah. So it was about the. Chowchilla, I hope I'm pronouncing that right because I don't know it's California, but the, it was Chow. It was about Chowchilla, California, in 1972. There were there was a bus of 26 children that were kidnapped on their way home from school. Three gunmen came on the bus. Now. I, I I have I have questions I have questions that that need to be answered that were not answered in the in the program but they spelled out the entire way that these guys did it they got on the bus they held the kids with a, with with sawed off shotguns held them took the bus drove it into a cornfield loaded the kids onto a a, a van took the took the van and drove it to um, a nearby, I guess, uh, it, it was like a rock quarry. Yeah. And they, uh, where they had, where they had dug a trench and put, I, I guess like some kind of a bunker in there, shuttled the kids, shuffled them into a, into the bunker 
and closed the lid and basically locked these kids in a bunker wherever they were. Now, again, the first 45 minutes of this, of this, of the episode is basically the kid, you know, the, the living members of this telling their story and telling everything that happened. And it was just, it was fantastic. And it was, you know, listening to them, it was harrowing listening to, to all the things that are going on. And you have, you know, the sheriff talking about how they were looking for the kids and, you know, I'm not a parent, but I've worked in schools right? I've been around kids all, all my life. When that kid doesn't come home on, when the bus is five minutes late, you know, you know, that, that, that heart stop of where, where are my kids? Right. Just imagine 36 hours of, I'd be like, going, gone, I'd be going crazy completely gone like the bus is complete everybody's gone so that's what's going on this entire time is they're telling this story and it it was it was again it it was just a when i say fantastic it was just mind-blowing about all of this all all that's going on and so finally the kids get to the point where they're like we either get out we if we don't get out of here we're gonna die right so they, I mean, th- these are elementary school kids. So it's not like these are, you know, high school kids who, who have been lifting and have, have strength. These right. are elementary school kids. Yeah. So they come up with the plan of, they put all these mattresses together that I guess were down there for them or whatever. Yeah. They put, yeah, them, yeah. All, they put them all together and they, and they got one of the then they got one of the kids i guess on another kid's shoulders and he just pressed up on whatever the manhole cover was that was covering it got out started digging through all the dirt that was thrown on top of it right get out and and they uh, i have to stress this point enough the kids got themselves out yes they get themselves out and they run down and they see the rock quarry and they just run to the rock quarry. And the manager of the rock quarry is like, what the hell are you guys doing here? Like, what, right. what is right. going on? He has no clue what's going on. And so they call the police. The police come. They get them. It was – this is kind of it, – it, it, it saddens me to say like it, it's funny. It was kind of funny when I, when I first heard it. So yeah. the police get the kids. And – you want to know where the nearest medical facility was? Where? The local prison. Oh, stop. Oh so, my they bring the kids. so they get the kids on a butt. So they get the kids on a prison bus and <laughs> police escort into the, into the jail. In, into oh, the, my into gosh. The, into the prison so that they could get medical attention so that the medical professionals that work at the, at, at the jail – could see the kids, but I just was like, you just took these kids who spent 36 hours in it, in, in, in a confined space and you brought them to a prison. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I understand that like, it was the closest thing. They, it was like, it was the closest thing. It was probably the only thing they had. I mean, you, you think right. about where they were, they were in the middle right. of nowhere. Right, right, right. Nowhere, which is where you put prisons in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So, so yep. it, it made se- it made sense, but it was just like 
you can't make it is like you can't make this stuff you up. can't you can't make this up you cannot you cannot make this up well, in, so that's the first that's the first 45 minutes it's awesome you get to hear all the all the right. reactions you know right you get to, right 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 but then you get to the harrowing part which is the next five minutes of all the aftermath of mm-hmm. this all this uh, you know kids say, guys saying you know I couldn't I, when I went home I couldn't sleep I I every night when when the lights turned off I would scream I would do all that you know the mental anguish that this put on these on on these people you know one guy said he the only way he could escape it was through drugs and he went and he became a junkie for 10 years and then you know finally was able to get over that and get sober and you, you know it, it's just yeah the 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 anguish of them was oh it was awful so it was that, off the, it's off the charts it's off the so, charts you know that's kind of expected when it's kind of expected and you're like all right well th- that mental anguish all of that has to be taken in and then you hear about the actual kidnappers yeah and it turns out it's just three random guys like they, what? you're sitting there like uh, the whole time I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, Oh my God, this story is crazy. I was like, now, now I want to know, all right, you caught them. Why did they do this? The sole reason they did it, they did it so they could hold the kids ransom and get ransom money. Oh Not even gosh. like, Oh, let me get ransom money from a family. They were, they, they took the kids cause they wanted to get ransom money from the state of California and they knew they would pay for for the kids or something, and this is where this is where the story just falls off a cliff because it becomes the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So the reason why the kids were able to escape is because the kidnappers fell asleep. They fell asleep. Now, here's the other funny thing. So because they kidnapped twenty six kids, you have twenty six families. Yep. Calling nine one one, and 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 flooding the phone lines of, of of the state police and flooding. They're trying to get information and try, and trying to do all that. Yep. Because there was so much activity on the phone lines, the kidnappers couldn't get through to make their ransom demand. So nothing. They never made anything. Nothing ever. Wow. Happened. <laughs> nothing ever happened. Talk about something backfiring. Story that is freaking epic, and then the end of the tale is, yeah, they got arrested and nothing happened. Like they, they didn't even get, they didn't get anything out of it. They didn't even get through the phone line. That wow. is crazy. That's crazy. 